1: Doing so will help to create a better world for all of us. And this podcast is all about that. The guest of my podcast today is Jonah Lopin, co-founder and CEO of Crayon.
0: The belief behind the business, what we believe strongly, is that businesses should be as good at understanding and acting on everything happening outside the four walls of the business as they are at understanding and acting on all of their internal data when it comes to these like fundamental questions about your market and your competitive set and your brand and your customers and what's happening outside the four walls of the business, many companies just have never had a good way to get insights there because the only way to get insights in those areas historically has really been through human driven efforts. Marketing's not about arts and crafts anymore and it's about data and science. And that was really true, but we never helped our customers apply that data-driven execution to what was happening outside the four walls of the business. And so, you know, we would help our customers generate tons of sales leads, but we never helped our customers figure out how do you close those.
1: This is Jonah. He's the co-founder and CEO of Crayon, a market intelligence software company based in Boston. Jonas started his career as a strategy and operations consultant at Deloitte, where he led projects for 4500 clients in the manufacturing, the consumer business, and the healthcare industries. After that, he worked for eBay and UNICEF. In 2007, he joined HubSpot as the sixth employee, and he served as the vice president of customer operations as they grew from zero to $50 million. In 2012, he co-founded MAD Labs, and from there he co-founded Crayon to solve the problem virtually any business suffers from, a lack of competitive and market intelligence. And this triggered me. Hence, I invited Jonah to my podcast. We explore the challenges many organizations face in making informed decisions based on market intelligence that's often incomplete, dated, or completely absent. We also review the flaws in the business software industry in providing solutions to the wrong problem. And by listening to this interview, you will learn three things. Firstly, that the opportunity to create new categories are for grabs as long as you ask the right questions. Secondly, that to build a credible business software company, you need to move far beyond the shiny object syndrome and solve the complete problem. And thirdly, how persistence to stay laser focused, stay in the fight and making progress each and every day will be paid with remarkable results. So Jonah, thank you for being on the podcast. But before we start, can you introduce yourself, tell a little bit about your uh, yourself, your company, and what you've been doing so far?
0: Yeah. So first of all, a real pleasure to be on the podcast and thank you so much for inviting me. I'll give you the quick version and then we can dig in on whichever pieces are uh, most interesting. I grew up here in Boston. I have a studied physics as an undergraduate, and then had a management consulting background, but it became really pretty apparent to me pretty quickly, even by the time I was in my mid-20s, that I just was not destined to be the partner at a big consulting firm for a bunch of different reasons. And so I went off to business school at MIT, and my eyes were just opened to startups and entrepreneurship and the idea that you can build a massive, disruptive, impactful, valuable company from nothing. And so I was just hooked on, totally hooked on that. I was like, gosh, there actually is a place in this world where I'm going to fit in just fine or not fit in. And that's okay, too. And and anyway, and that's also where I actually met my current co-founder was we were classmates together at business school. And then I spent six years on the management team at HubSpot from zero to the IPO. And I, I ran the customer success function there. And now we're building Crayon and we're we're a market intelligence software company. I'm sure we'll dig into, I'll give you more of the thesis behind the company, but we're we're venture backed. We're based here in Boston, growing really quickly and believe that we can build, you know, create tons of value for customers and build a massive business. So we're just doing our thing.
1: Interesting. And I mean... The fact that you're saying there's, there's, there's something bigger out there that always intrigues me. So what is the big idea behind Crayon?
0: Yeah, so we do market intelligence software. And so the, the belief behind the business and what we believe strongly is that businesses should be as good at understanding and acting on everything happening outside the four walls of the business as they are at understanding and acting on all of their internal data. Okay, and and we're building the software that makes that possible, right? Because, you know, in 2018, most businesses are pretty darn good at, you know, leveraging data from their CRM system and their business intelligence tools and their web analytics data to drive, you know, optimizations and good decisions across their website and their sales team and their marketing campaigns and companies are really pretty data driven when it comes to all of their internal data. But when it comes to these like fundamental questions about your market and your competitive set and your brand and your customers and what's happening outside the four walls of the business, many companies just have never had a good way to get insights there because the only way to get insights in those areas historically has really been through human-driven efforts. Exactly. And so you're, you have you know, teams of humans working on this internal to the company or you hire consultants or research firms. And the challenge there is it's just always been really expensive. And the data you get almost always lags the market and so often doesn't drive a lot of impact historically. But, but what we've realized is that there's so much more data and signal online about every business today, relative to what there was even 5 and 10 years ago, that what that makes possible is what we do, which is we get our arms around all the signal that's out there about every business, and then extract, you know, market intelligence programmatically. And so we can do it in real time at a fraction of the cost. So it's really real time software driven Market Intelligence is, is what understood. we do
1: understood well this fits hundred percent with the purpose of the whole po- of the podcast that I do, which is about augmenting people to, do, uh, to deliver something remarkably better than they do today. so th- going back to that particular part, who do you augment? Who is your typical customer within the company?
0: there's a slightly different answer um, depending on how large the business is so there's uh-huh. in, when we, we work with many companies in the mid market. Where, for most businesses in the mid market, they've really been on the sidelines for decades relative to market and competitive intelligence. And what ends up happening is you've got you know product marketing has some responsibility f- you know for understanding the competitive set and ha- you know and, and product strengths and weaknesses relative to the competitive set. You've got you know strategy folks, you've got sales folks. You've got lots of kind of distributed responsibilities across many teams in the mid market, but often you don't have a centralized effort around this. In the enterprise, you often have consumer insights teams, market insights teams, market intelligence teams. So in the mid-market, it's often a center of mass around the product marketing team yeah. and the marketing organization, but we end up getting users, you know, throughout the Throughout many departments, and in the enterprise, we're almost always working with the, you know, the market intelligence folks.
1: Cool. So, what is the opportunity if you, if a company gets this right? What What have you seen already as, as as value being delivered?
0: Yeah, I mean, the 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 impact is very large. You know, it's in many ways the impact is as large as the impact of you know over the past twenty years that we've seen as businesses have gotten really good at leveraging internal data, which is better decisions, better execution. And you know, the, the most common ways that that manifests inside of a company are you know, in your sales team. How many deals do you win versus the competition? You yeah. know, what's, your, what's your win rate? You know, and how do you train and educate the sales force to really understand how to exploit your company's strengths and to mitigate weaknesses relative to competition in marketing. The impact is very much like better campaign, you know, better campaign results, which is broad, but it could, it, you know, is also accurate, you know, because it could be, you're running, you know, better event marketing or you're running more efficient, you know, lead gen campaigns or your content marketing is more effective. And then there's decision making, decision making around your product roadmap, decision making around any part of, you know, your strategy, you know, on the executive team or elsewhere.
1: Completely agree on that one. and That's massively needed. Too many companies uh, sound exactly the same as their competitors. And this is an angle or a, a source of information that could really help to get it to the next level. Where did yeah, you- it's
0: actually, no, I mean, it's a good, sorry to interrupt, but it's actually, it's a good, it's a good point that you're making and it's really true. And it's one of the things that's so funny about how, you know, how opportunities like this come to manifest over time. Yeah. Back in the HubSpot days, you know, my team onboarded something like 10,000 customers in six years. And we really helped all those customers. For instance, we would help all those customers execute on how do you build a website? Like, how do you actually build a website? How do you build all your content marketing and all of your lead nurturing and lead management? But we never helped our customers understand that exact question of like, but how do you differentiate? What messaging do you put on the website? What do you talk about in your content marketing to really stand out in your market? It's like this fundamental gap in, in the execution strategy for, for many businesses.
1: I see this every single day because this is what my business is all about. So glad this, this type of software is there. So, so where did you, what sparked the idea? How did you find it? What conversation started it?
0: Yeah, it's so funny. There's um, a lot of twists and turns to that story. And I'd love to I'd love to say that it was, you know, just this brilliant idea that struck my me and my co-founder, but it was a bit more of a winding path. So the, the idea for Crayon really was staring me in the face the whole time I was at HubSpot, but I really didn't see it. Until you know hindsight's 2020 and what I mean by that is sort of what I was just kind of describing, which is we really at HubSpot helped our customers become data driven, you know, around sales and marketing, but only in so far as all of their internal data was concerned. Yeah. So, we, yeah. you know, we used to say, hey, marketing's not about arts and crafts anymore. And it's about data and science. And that was really true, but we never helped our customers apply that data driven execution to what was happening outside the four walls of the business. And so, you know, we would help our customers generate tons of sales leads, but we never helped our customers figure out how do you close those, you know, how do you win those. Yeah. Um, leads in a competitive sales situation, or we'd help our customers execute on their content marketing, but we never help them understand what do your buyers actually care about this quarter that's maybe different from what they cared about last quarter that should really be driving your content marketing strategy. True. True. And yeah. so, so anyway, but so when I left HubSpot, you know, that, that really wasn't clear to me that that was a universal need. And it also wasn't clear to me that that was a problem that you could really solve with software. <laughs> and and so my co-founder, John, and I, we sort of didn't know what we were going to do when we started out. We knew we wanted to build something big because we're ambitious and you only go around once. And we knew we wanted to build software that could be impactful for many, many businesses. But we didn't know what we were going to do. So we, so the first idea that, that sort of clicked into place was, was sort of like a Pinterest for marketing is actually where we started, was much more about kind of ideation and inspiration product for marketing teams. And so we sort of set out to build this pretty different product. And in the course of building that product, though, we started to index tens of millions of pages across millions of companies. And we were organizing all this data and kind of crawling the web at scale. And so we we sort of learned two things in the course of launching this product. And the first one that we learned was that gosh, the market didn't exactly share our enthusiasm for that product um, in the sense that we did sign up tens of thousands of of you know people to, you know, to use that product, but we weren't on a trajectory like we had told our, our early angel investors, we said, by gosh, we're gonna have, you know, a million users in a year. And you know we had more like twenty thousand. So it wasn't zero, but it certainly wasn't living up to our kind of world domination expectations. But the other thing that we learned was that the data we were collecting and the way we were organizing that, we could actually use to answer those same market intelligence questions that my HubSpot customers always had. Yeah, yeah. and And so we you know we basically approached two chief marketing officers. And we said, look, we, we can help you understand, get real insight in these areas. And both of those people, that those first two people that we approached, bought the product from us. And that was really funny because we didn't even have a product yet. We were like, no, no, we're just describing to you what we could do with the data that we have. And they were like, no, we want to buy the product. And so, we, so anyway, so since then, and that was the end of 2015. And so really since the beginning of 2016, we've been... Just deepening our understanding of this market and productizing what we do, and, and okay. just growing really quickly.
1: Cool. So kind of sh- short, shortening that route there. What do you believe are the three things that you did that make the products stand out? What it is today.
0: There's a couple things that I think are worth pointing to, but the, you know, probably the the, the number one thing is, and I think this is advice that I would probably give to just about anybody who's out to start a company and, and try to build a big company is, you know, and it sounds cliche, but but still easy to get it wrong, is like solve for the customer. And so what we do, there's kind of three layers to what we do at Crayon. Okay. The first layer of our platform we think of as a data layer which is just how do we pull in a tremendous amount of data about it? You know, we track 2.4 million companies. We pull yeah. in a tremendous amount of data about these companies. The second layer to what we do is called the intelligence layer of our platform. That's where we synthesize the data that we're collecting. We connect the dots and we, we try to extract the meaningful intelligence for customers so they, don't, so they can actually you know, drive an impact inside their company and not just get washed away in this flood of data. Right, yeah. and then the third layer of our application is, you know, the UX layer or the product layer is like, what are the tools that we give to the customer to actually take the insights that they're finding in Crayon and and drive those to the sales team or the marketing team or how do you take this data and go off and have an impact inside the company? Yeah. What we did from the beginning is we solved that complete problem for the customer, and I think, you know, I think a fail state for us would have been to say hey we just or we just want to go off and do machine learning and ai and we're just going to do some fancy stuff there or to just say hey we're we're a data aggregator and we're just going to pull all this data together or to just say here's you know a way to build you know fancy reports yeah. but we're not going to help you figure out what goes on those reports <laughs> So we just want to solve that complete problem for the customer, which is like, how do you understand what's happening in your market? Once you understand that, how do you drive, use that to drive an impact inside your company? And I think that's the number one thing we got right.
1: Yeah. I mean, at the end, the insights is, it's nothing without a process. So you have to take it to the next level. And I heard also a number of case, cases that it's also about changing behavior of the end user because they have, they've been grown to you to do things in a certain way. And sometimes the power of the solution will get bigger once you once they start to do things in a different way. Not sure whether you're doing that, changing behaviors, but maybe that's in the tool side.
0: Yeah, we you know we're in a very similar position relative to changing user behavior that I think HubSpot was back a decade ago. I mean, when we were getting started at HubSpot, inbound marketing was really a new thing for many businesses and they were doing pieces of it and they had to do some efforts around SEO or they had some efforts around, you know, managing the website or doing, you know, starting to do some content marketing, but they hadn't really pulled all those efforts together into a centralized approach. And so we drove a lot of change, but we did a lot of education and help. Companies figure out not just what's the tools, you know, how do you use the tools, but even, you know, who do you hire and how do you organize these teams? How do you measure the impact? Um, and we do a lot of those same things with clients today because many of the companies that we talk to, they have you know manual efforts in place or they have some consultants that they use, but it's a really a pretty new category for many businesses to say if we had access to software driven real-time market intelligence yeah. and we wanted to plug that into every department in our company to drive a ton of value, how do we do that? Like, <laughs> what does that look like from people process technology? And so we do a lot of coaching and best practices. We've written a methodology on that,
1: that process super piece.
0: critical. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So what were the toughest decisions you had to make in order to, uh, to do something remarkable here?
0: That's a good question. You know, there's
1: what did you say no to
0: <laughs> yeah i mean there's i would say there's there's no one you know single decision even that stands out as being like the tough decision i mean i think i think in building building a company and and in trying to build a new you know define a new category and and help companies really like use software and technology to create a lot of value in a new way it's just a lot about not not about any one decision, it's about just consistently making decisions and being you know and just persevering and overcoming all of the small obstacles that come up constantly, <laughs> be they things that you know internal hurdles of just how do you grow your team and how do you structure your own company to how do you help the customer overcome a challenge that they have in adopting what you do? yeah, I mean I, you know so I, I would say it's much more about just how do you you know stay in the fight you know and trying to make progress you know every day every week every month every quarter and and that's what builds up to to ultimately you're making real progress m- more so than any one decision that you know in, in Kranz history that I'd point to
1: agree agree so what are you most proud of so far what's what customer has amazed you most
0: ah uh, that's a good question yeah i mean the thing i'm most proud of is You know, the success of our customers, number one, and close number two is just all the great people that have, you know, joined CRAN and that work here. I'm so proud of both of those pieces. But, like, we just published a case study with a company called Upserve. Really, what I'm so proud of, so proud of the work that we've done with Upserve. I mean, we've just had a, you know, they've increased, you know, their win rate against the competition by 54%, just a really, really meaningful, and I can send, I'm happy to send you a link if there's show notes and you can include that, but just a meaningful, meaningful increase in how well they can compete and win against their top competitors based on like really using this informational advantage that they get from Crayon and then translating that into sales wins. Yeah, super proud of of uh, the work that they. I can't take all the credit; <laughs> they get all the credit. But uh, no, too-
1: yeah, it co- is. a combination of uh, the tools and the people. It is. It and it proves again that that that's where the value is going to be. So, if you could have given advice to CEOs or to well to, to leaders based on what you've learned so far, what would you, what advice would you give them? I mean, I realize we've we've been talking about solving for the customer, but is there anything else?
0: You know, there's actually. There's a really good, some of the best advice I've gotten that sort of came in two parts, and I would probably pass that on. And it comes from the two HubSpot founders, Brian Halligan and Darmesh Shah. And they, I worked closely with with these guys for years. And their advice is pretty different, and it's pretty funny. So the advice that I got from Darmesh, which I would certainly pass on to, to other founders or folks building a company, is everything's going to be okay. And he would remind me of that, you know, at times when there's always ups and downs and there's challenges and obstacles. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, you really, and someone building a company, I mean, gosh, you really put your heart and soul into this. And I think you got to manage your own psychology and your, your own anxiety. And, and so he would remind me is like, look, everything is going to be okay. And you want to keep, you want to remember that and try to keep some perspective. Now, Brian's advice to me was don't F it up. (laughs) Was like, yeah, that's all well and good. Everything's going to be fine. Don't screw it up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and i always thought that the juxtaposition of those two pieces of advice was just great it just paints just the right picture is like you know what it is all going to be okay and you could be pretty zen about that and at the same time you need to get out there and don't screw it up and that takes okay. some hard work and some uh exactly. Some toughness
1: exactly and, um, yeah <laughs> i know it's uh getting uh, yeah. close to your next meeting so final question what what is next for you what is your greatest aspiration from here
0: So we're, we're just in, you know, mile one of a marathon here. I mean, we're growing really quickly, but gosh, we're not going to rest until every business on the planet is as good at using, you know, leveraging data from outside the four walls of the business to drive decisions and optimizations as they are, you know, leveraging all their internal data. So we're just, we're just so passionate about this mission and we're, you know, market intelligence software and defining that category. And, you know, we're going to build a multi-billion dollar company in, in the process of solving the market intelligence problem for, you know, every business on the planet. So check check back with me in a couple of years and I'll tell you how we're doing on that.
1: I will do this. I will do this. So, yeah. Is there anything, I mean, from the listeners to this podcast, if you could ask something, what how could they help you in order to achieve your mission? Gosh, I think...
0: I'd be interested in in the answers to all your other guests to just the questions you've asked me. Just what's the what's been the you know the toughest pieces? What are the things you think you got right that were critical? You know, what's your biggest pieces of advice? I can't wait to hear um, all your future guests answer just those same questions.
1: <laughs> Start listening to the first uh, thirty-four published podcasts. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will.
1: But I can also make a, an outline of that for you. So. Yeah, to close it off, where can people go to find out more about Crayon and
0: well connect with you? Yeah, please go to uh, crayon.co and you can learn lots more about us. I'm Jonah at crayon.co. So if you want to email me, I'm easy to find. And yeah, hope to uh, connect with, uh, with some of your listeners would be great.
1: Perfect. Thank you. This was really inspiring, uh, Jonah. Oh, good. I wish you a lot of success with your company. And uh, from what I've seen, I'm- I think I'm going to sign up for your for your product as well because I need I need a lot of this for my customers.
0: That would be great. We'll get you the friends and family friends and family discount.
1: <laughs> Good. <laughs> this is uh, this is I mean, from what I've seen in the market, this is something that is highly needed to take things to the next level. So, thanks for this. Thank you. It was a pleasure, Jonah. And for everybody else that's listening today, thank you for tuning into this podcast. I had the honor to speak to Jonah LoPin, co-founder and CEO of Crayon. The goal of this podcast is to share compelling ideas and showcases to inspire what can be when technology and people blend in the right way. It's my strong belief that too much focus is put on automating people out of a process, in other words, cutting costs, rather than scenarios where the unique strengths of people are augmented with technology to change the established rules and to deliver a value that was unimaginable before. So with this podcast, I want to make a contribution to change this to create a broader awareness of what can be, to accelerate the adoption by bringing together you, a tribe of like-minded people and organizations, and lastly to accelerate the initiatives and solutions that could be created because one idea inspires the other. So if you know about stories that are worth sharing, please send me a message. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas and that starts with you. If you want to have more information, read my blogs, or obtain information on working with me, just visit me on my website, valueinspiration.com. Thank you for tuning in. And you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast or provide me with your feedback. I'll see you shortly in a new episode.
0: That's what